0: Welcome to the IoT podcast show. I'm your host Tom White. Today we are joined by Sahel Khan. Sahel is the director of development and programming at Huawei and works entirely in the IoT space. Very focused on the smart home. We're super excited to understand more about what Huawei is doing when it comes to IoT. Welcome to the show. Sahel.
1: It's a pleasure to be here,
0: Tom. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. And I know that you've just uh, come off another conference, haven't you, in Paris? Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, very, uh, very, very precious your time is. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's really nice to, to hear a little bit more about yourself and Huawei. So for, for people that don't know who you are, Sahel, could you talk a little bit about your background in IoT and how it is you became uh, a director uh, within development at Huawei?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, So my journey with IoT or Internet of Things started much before it was a thing uh, way back in 2010. While I was working for a French company and uh, we were working on SCADA systems. Uh, So SCADA systems are um, known as the grandfather of IoT because they do the monitoring work pretty well, but they don't really have a control plane or a data plane. And uh, yeah, that's, that's when I came across IoT for the first time while I was researching the Gartner hype cycle. And uh, back then, it was just a buzzword. But a few years later, uh, I got my first shot at IoT uh, while I was working on a European Union research project uh, in Austria. Again, from a context of energy grids, uh, gathering data from your different nodes, In the grid uh, optimizing your electric vehicle payloads optimizing uh, your household energy consumption and so on but my real uh, touch point with consumer iot or smart home was uh, about four years ago at uh, another energy utility uh, a big one in europe uh, that was building out its own smart home products and particularly a smartphone gateway system which could connect to uh, multiple sensors. And uh, this was my first touch point where I worked on IoT end-to-end. So which means from your hardware to the cloud uh, to the end user application, yeah. right? And um, yeah, so that was a few years ago. And since last year, uh, I've been working as the director of uh, development programming and engineering at Huawei, focusing mainly on IoT products again. But here uh, it's it's uh, all in one. So I'm working on um, smart home devices, smart home appliances, healthcare IoT devices, uh, audio-visual IoT devices. So it's a great opportunity at Huawei and the technology that we are working on is quite interesting as well
0: yeah fantastic oh, that's a great that 's a great overview and obviously you know over te- over ten years now working in, yeah. in, in what we now call IoT, but interesting to know you came from a, a SCADA systems point of view. Uh, that's, yeah. It's curious to see because a lot of people have seen this transition from various fields, from machine to machine, from devices, pay TV industry, but but also yours from SCADA and also energy and, and grid, right? I remember yeah. m- many, many years ago I was working with sensorless networks um, on a an, an original smart meter uh, using very early stage Zigbee protocols and um, yeah. you know we we, we we now see that in the market and we now see that you know very very popular but uh, back then it was it was something that was really quite cutting edge so yeah, cu- yeah. curious to see that uh, so so within Huawei in particular then Sahel there the multiple different facets multiple different use cases and R&D um, what sort of innovations have you been working on that you can speak about of course publicly uh, that
1: really has got you excited yeah well so, um, so right now the technology that i'm most excited about is our operating system uh, called as harmony os and it also has its open source flavor called as uh, open harmony uh, it's a project that started within huawei a few years ago uh, in 2016 and it has its roots in open source uh, because huawei has been traditionally a big contributor to open source projects so You might be surprised, but uh, last year, we were the top contributor to the Linux kernel, Mm. right? And uh, Huawei also has its roots in contributing a lot of uh, code to the uh, Android open source project as well so wow. um, I, I didn't know that uh I, that, yeah. that's really curious in fact
0: uh later on uh, this afternoon i'm actually going to a to a barbecue with some old mates of mine from uni and and a number of them are contributors to the Linux kernel uh and working yeah. in open source environments for the companies like lenaro um and other businesses yeah. but
1: uh i never knew that huawei mm-hmm. was one of the top contributors that's uh, that's really we curious, are yeah. and, and and in fact we uh, partnered with lenaro earlier this year for the for the open source uh, Hummy us as well so uh, yeah we, we contribute quite heavily there yeah but now coming back to the reason why I'm so excited about this um, because it's an operating system which is like no other right uh, because it can run on really small uh, microcontrollers mm. to really large multimedia heavy um uh, devices with many gigabit- gigabytes of RAM, yeah, right? And to top it all off from a user point of view, we are building some really innovative use cases on top of that. Mm-hmm. For example, pairing, controlling, and automating your smart home devices with one touch, and uh, running your end user applications on multiple devices at the same time. And this, this whole seamless device collaboration uh, user journey makes it quite interesting as well yeah. yeah i mean
0: yeah it's fantastic uh obviously this is this yeah. is widely spoken about i mean clearly operating systems uh, and and bespoke operating systems for enabling various iot use cases are are very important in your view sahel what what are the most important factors of creating a you know a robust Fit to fit for purpose operating system for a specific IoT uh, device.
1: Yeah, well, uh, operating systems are the heart of any IoT product because it supports the bare minimum infrastructure you need, uh, such as your communication drivers, your kernel, uh, and most importantly, the compiler upon which you can run your uh, business logic, which is unique to your product and. Uh, at the same time, operating systems are also the most complex component because on one hand, your op- uh, it, it enables you with the bare minimum infrastructure and on the other hand, it really takes a lot of time, effort and money to make your OS functional, adaptable and upgradable, right? And, and also secure. Um, So, most of the companies in IoT fail because they do not have a clear long-term maintenance strategy of their OS, uh, nor are they able to grasp the complexities that come with the development of different modules on your hardware, Mm. right? So if I had to pick the most important factors or uh, questions every company needs to ask themselves before they pick an OS. Um, So the first one would be, how easily can I build my business logic applications on this particular operating system? How future-proof is this OS? Does it follow the latest trends for computing and processing information on the edge? Uh, How would my long-term maintenance strategy look like? How expensive can it get? Uh, Does it follow any open source standards? Uh, Because right now... um, all the companies are going in the open source direction, right? Because uh, the open governance model is important for uh, OEMs to work with, so that they are not in a vendor lock-in. And uh, finally, it's about what kind of unique scalable use cases does this operating system offer?
0: Right? Just, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's that's a very important reason. And just for our listeners that may may not particularly understand the importance of open source, aside of open governments and non-vendor lock-in, and, and presumably cost as well, what, what other reasons are there to support this open source initiative when it comes to creation of
1: operating systems? Um, so for, for, as an OEM, uh, it makes sense because uh, it takes away a lot of software burden from your shoulders. Right? You get to focus on your hardware uh, because that's more important to you. Um, whereas most of the software is coming from a community of quality developers. Mm. And uh, then there is also the fact that most of the open source projects are backed by really big uh, open source foundations, organizations and, and big companies such as Huawei. And uh, yeah, so you can expect some good quality source code coming out of an open source Mm. project. And uh, at the same time, uh, you can expect um, uh, standards being defined, which can be uh, widely used across the industry, across multiple devices. And as an open source contributor, you can take the open source project in whatever direction you want it Mm. to go to. Mm. Right? Yeah, Yeah,
0: I, I completely agree. And I think from a wider perspective, Um, and going back to to engineers that I know because uh, you may not know this but I know some of our listeners have and I probably mentioned this too many times on the podcast but my background was in kernel engineering and embedded Linux that's what I studied at university and from an open source perspective the fact that someone is writing a patch or someone has peer reviewed that code. Uh, and then you have that not so much that one upmanship, but being able to fix something and check that it's right. That works really well. And, and, and almost lends itself quite well to that of an engineer, the fact that something has been tested and thoroughly tested and tested and tested again. And, and I think that's one of the main benefits with the community. Would you agree, so?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. And um, th- this is why community-led projects have been so successful over the years. And almost all of the companies in the industry are switching towards uh, open source projects as their base. Yeah, yeah absolutely, right? yeah. yeah.
0: So just, just touching back on to some of the initiatives that you're uh, in charge of and that you're handling within Huawei, um, I'd like to talk a little bit more about smart homes, if I may. Um, what sort of scalable use cases have you seen within smart home deployments that you, um, you know, believe will become the most widely used um, either now or in the future?
1: Well, um, I love this question yeah. because... Um, well, it was a good job I'm, I chose a, it then, is not it? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I'm a huge advocate of smart home and I have about 50 smart home devices wow. in, in my i hope yes, they're all uh, huawei yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes we have quite a quite a lot of uh, smart home devices across multiple segments um, um well you have your entertainment segment and uh, i think this has blown up quite a bit in the last few years um in terms of scalable use cases i definitely see that smart smart speakers will continue to attract new customers as They will provide many more additional services on top of uh, what they do today, right? You can in the future have uh, the possibility to do your shopping much more easily from a smart speaker. You can create your shopping lists. uh, You can get your latest news and so on. And um, they will also influence the sale of other products in your house. So uh, for example, um, we can see smart smart speakers are working uh, directly embedded on a smart home appliance, right? And um, yeah, we'll see a use case trend where uh, devices with individ- individual functionalities will be more or less nullified. Rather, you would have one single super device which does it all. And this is exactly what we are focusing at uh, Huawei with HarmonyOS. By the way, uh, one such obvious example of devices converging functionalities could be the smart home hub, where the hub is not just a smart home device aggregator, but it is also an uh, internet router at the same time. This way, you have lesser gateways in your household. So if you look at the number of gateways I have in my house, because of all the smart home devices, it, it looks like a server room with with many tangled wires and um yeah so lastly uh, but and most importantly right uh, we will see the healthcare domain uh, dominate the industry in the coming years mostly because of the covid situation uh, right now uh, people are more health conscious so we'll see an upward trend in healthcare centric smart home devices um, for example, uh, my team just built uh, a use case with a French smart home robotic company, where a person with underlying health conditions has his or her health data monitored constantly, and in case of an emergency, the robot would automatically place a call to the emergency services or to a family member, right? And uh, Security is an evergreen uh, smart home use case because people, of course, want to protect their homes. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I think. Uh, yeah, I think. I think the, the the notion of it being a hub and it being a singular, converged device rather than these individual silos is 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 an obvious one and a very good one, and, and yeah. you can clearly see why Huawei is working towards that. Um Because I think in terms of buy-in from a user point of view, you don't have all these devices taking up plug sockets in your home and that they, you know, you have a central point. And when you're looking at um, from from, from uh, an access point of view as well, you look at adaptive Wi-Fi and the fact that these can double up as doing that is, is fantastic. Um, and, that, and, that's, and that's really good to see. And I think from a smart home perspective, that's been one of the issues in the past. uh that you know you look at uh for instance connect four for instance which was a really uh you know well used uh system in in media entertainment uh ip cctv systems etc you know you used to have big racks right you know and then all of the devices and then everything else and it's just like it takes up space um but equally from 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 an updating point of view if you've got a a singular device perhaps two three years time you can update that quite quickly as opposed to having 50 devices yeah uh that that will will, will look kind of outdated fairly easily right so perhaps it, there's
1: other there's other benefits in there and that's that's fantastic to see there's, there's, there's always the point that uh it's also easier to automate one single device rather than or trying to automate multiple devices at the same time. Uh, We we see the issues that come out of the typical rule engines in the market uh, because uh, for a technical user, it's fine. You can always script your automation use case, but uh, for a non-tech savvy user, uh, automating your devices, creating scenarios and creating rules for them could get really complex. yeah. In, in yeah. Case,
0: yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and and just, just just on that note, in terms of in terms of the future, uh, I'm I'm really keen to know your view on 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 this whole speak um, topic. Sorry, of IoT and tech for good. So for me, and this is quite a personal view that I have, but but IoT in essence is is usually for good it's usually for the enrichment of people's lives, uh, in some form or another, security, media, entertainment, health, um, utilities, um, you know, we're seeing a lot of devices now coming out after the pandemic, be that proximity sensors on on wearables um, to uh, UVC lighting based systems for Disinfection of of air and pollutants. What what is what is your thought on IoT and tech for good? And and the burning question is: Can it always be good, Sahel?
1: Well, Tom, these philosophical questions are my favorite. <laughs> okay. and, well, um, first of all, I've always used um, social media and the fintech industries as a benchmark for IoT. Right, and IoT being the youngest of them all. Uh, But all of them have to deal with sensitive data of the users, right? But the major difference here is that IoT is growing by evolution rather than revolution. Uh, What what I mean by that is fintech and social media exploded onto the scene, uh, mostly because of peer pressure. Uh, For example, if you don't use digital banking for payments, uh, people would ask you to go back and live in your cave Uh, or if you never used um, social media to communicate with people or express your thoughts virtually, um, people would say the same thing, right? So there was always this constant peer pressure to use these different technologies, but it's not the same in case of IoT or Smart Home. The majority of IoT users these days are still early adapters and tech enthusiasts. Right. So the growth in IoT has been very organic and being done through extensive user research and building a strong, stronger base for the technology. Right. And being an IoT advocate, I would say it is for the good. Uh, It will change the way people live their lives. It would enable better security. Uh, for their houses it would enable better energy standards as well uh, your devices would consume lesser energy and at the same time the whole entertainment and comfort factor that iot brings uh, through its uh, entertainment devices like smart speakers and so on is the icing on the cake mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to this so yeah definitely I- iot is for the good um the, the industry is still growing and uh, I, I just see an upward trend here, especially yeah. with people staying more at home. They want to experiment uh, with how they live. And yeah, I definitely yeah. see an upward trend in, in the IoT and the smart home industry.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. I think I think certainly we, we touched upon the pandemic just now. People staying at home, people wanting to invest more in their homes. Buying more equipment, buying more gizmos, gadgets, and, um, and, and certainly, you know, uh, having an increased amount of time from an entertainment perspective, etc, is something that a trend that's going to be set to continue. I mean, there's there's lots of figures, I mean, you mentioned Gartner, where you read early Gartner reports about IoT, and and there's several others, the Kinsey and company, various publications that have gone out about the growth of IoT. And, yeah. and, and, and yet, uh, you know, a question that does come up is that we're, we're still not at that point where it's as big as it's predicted to be, or that there has been some delay or there's been some reason for that. Um, do, do, you, do you have any thoughts on that in particular about, you know, why aren't we, you know, in, a, in an infinitely connected world right now? Uh, has there been a reason for the delay or, 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 or where do you see this
1: really going as well? Uh, the reason for this delay has is is because of the trust issue, right? Uh, because it is super sensitive data in your household, uh, people find it hard to trust technology sometimes. Um, this is why we we can see a trend in IoT in the future where there will be more devices which are running purely on the edge, right? And uh, this, yeah, this this in my Opinion will help accelerate the growth in IOT and uh, of course there was also a major challenge about interoperability between devices, right? Uh, It is still one of the main weaknesses that's there in the entire market and in the connectivity segment and uh, but we've seen some recent projects and um, coming out of the open source community again uh, which are led by some really big organizations for example the launch of matter form, formerly known as connected home over ip or a chip uh, i guess chip didn't matter mm-hmm. uh, so uh, so yeah we we'll see uh, uh, an upward trend in these interoperability technologies, uh, which help with seamless device connectivity among yeah. multiple devices. Yeah,
0: yeah, fantastic. That's uh, that's a that's a really really good insight. So, Hel thank you so much for joining us on the IoT podcast show. It's been amazing to have you here, and especially to take the time out. I know you incredibly busy man, really appreciate it. Uh, Where can people find out more online about what Huawei is doing in IoT, certainly within the operating system? Uh, What sort of form of social media can they go and look at to find out more about this?
1: Well, uh, firstly, uh, for all the open source developers out there, uh, they can have a look at our uh, GitLab uh, project called as gitlab.ostc.org. Uh, where you can find um, most of the interesting projects that we are doing with the open source community together with organizations such as Linaro. Um, then there is uh, a broad overview on Harmony OS, uh, which can be found on device.harmonyos.com. And of course, we have our own internal Huawei developer community. So you just head to developer.huawei.com and you can interact with other developers who are building uh, really uh, cool use cases uh, by using our uh, operating system and the different SDKs that we have.
0: Perfect, thank you so much Sahel, it's been great having you here.
1: Thanks Tom, it was a pleasure.
0: And if you'd like to find out more about the IoT podcast show, please follow the link in the comments, get involved in the conversation about Huawei Smart Home, for good subscribe to the newsletter we are regularly producing more podcasts as you can see and we'd love to see you there and on the next episode